podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Road End Podcast. Each episode, we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and hear their stories about Liverpool Football Club. Hello everyone and welcome to Season 2 of the Road End Podcast. Today I'm joined by playwright and also author Dave Kirby. Dave wrote some brilliant shows that we'll all recognise and he's recently released a new book called Those Were The Days, My Friend. First of all, mate, thanks for joining. How are you? I'm sound, you know, yeah. Happy days, yeah. Just a bit, bit shocking with the team at the minute, but I mean, we've been there before. So let's start with your writing then. So obviously everyone sort of knows where they want to be when they're younger. How did this come about for you? How did you get into writing? The writing, well, it, it was weird because like, uh, you know, I was, I was in St. Kevin's in Kirby. It's, uh, it was a massive Catholic boys' school there, no girls. Yeah, just two, two and a half thousand lads. It was the most populated boys' school in Europe. So, uh, and it was a rough upbringing, that's you know what I mean. It was like, uh, you learned nothing academically. You learned fuck all, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, but what, what you learn was like how to be streetwise and how to defend yourself and all that. So, but like, I was, for some reason, it's tickled down. I've looked at it since, you know, I've got, I've got like uh, relations in the, in the past, you know, like a great uncle who used to write uh, war poetry and all this. I've only found all this out since. You know, I've looked into it recently, and I had a great, you know, great, great grandfather from um, from Ireland who wrote a book. So, something on my arm for this side that was like in the literary sense. But I mean, in Saint Kevin, that couldn't come out. But what a, what happens? I've told the story a few times. I wrote a poem one time, and uh, about the human body. We got this homework, to do, so I wrote this poem about the human body, and the teacher he was there uh, next day. He was like that. He said, "It wasn't you. That wasn't you. You haven't written this." I said, "It was. It was me." So he made me do a poem about him and PA and all that. Then he was made up. He went, by God, it is you. So I was only about 11, 12, first year of St. Kevin's. And I'm like, but like, what happened? He put us in for the, uh, this competition. And, and, and it was in the Pulejo back in the early, early 70s, which you're talking like, uh, you know, it was rough and rough to get, you know, to be a poet them days, mate. It was seriously that, do you know what I mean? So anyway, <laughs> just that, I mean, he mentioned it in school assembly. Congratulations to David Kirby. Getting his poem published in the pool, and I was cringing because there were like a thousand lads in the, in the assembly on a Tuesday and on a Thursday. And before I got out of the hall, I was getting booted in the back. There's all like fellas like spitting on me, blazing all that. I had about three fights that week. I mean, even my old, older brother, uh, Mick, he filled me in that night, battered me like, you know, he, he told me, he said, What are you writing poems for, you fucking queer? And all that. It was all homophobic stuff, you know. Yeah. So, so I thought, Fuck that, writing poems off, you know what I mean? So, because that was like a serious piece. But what I found I could do, yeah, I, I used to take the piss out the lads on funny stuff. Yeah. They all have that all day, that kind of pose. Like, it's only double kind of verse, but um, they'd accept that all day as long as it was funny. And like that. So I used to be the class poet, writing poems, but there was no photocopying machines then. It was all done in, in pen, in longhand. So I wrote this poem, it's all the stories. Well, it's mad because in St. Kevin's, that's, we used to have a, a real monkey in the, in the biology lab. It was in a big cage. And his name was Jacko. It was there for fucking years. It was poor little bastard. It was like a green monkey, but it was, it was off its head because, you know, like lads coming in all the time, every different classes teasing it with yeah. your pen and all that. It was it used to rub your pen and smash it. There was about a thousand pens at the bottom of its cage. You know what I mean? It was crazy. This, this, his name was Jacko. So I, I, wrote, um, I wrote this poem by the headmaster, Shagging the Monkey. So, so, right, so it was, yeah, that sort of shot me to start. And that because the next thing was, Copies of this poem all around the school. 
And he was trying to find out who it was. It was only all done in, in, in pennies everywhere, and it was me, Zonny. I even used to do it when we used to go to the match, because Kirby was gang, gang orientated when I was growing up in the early 70s. There were gangs everywhere, so we all used to wear the, you know, the, the jeans and the boots, the airwear and all that. And I used to like, stand on the, on the wall and take the piss off the lads and you know, recite the poetry then. But as long as it was funny, as I say, so that, that was that. That's how it, I mean, so there was always a like, sort of gene inside me. But I didn't know it was going to come out the way it did in the end. You know, when I got made redundant in 1997. It took years to get out there, like but by 2006, you know, I was writing scripts and everything then. It was just new, I mean. And I, I happened to know uh, Willie Rushland um, and Adam Blaze, they're all the playwrights. Yeah. Because my mate Andrew Schofield, Scully, he was in St. Kev's, you see, and uh, he was my mate in school, so I used to go and see him in plays and that, even when I was in the building theatre. So I, I, I used to love the theatre and going to see him and stuff, especially local plays by Alan Bleasdale and Russell and that. So uh, I got to know them, Bleasdale and Russell, through the zoo. So when, when I eventually started writing, I mean, uh, it took years to, to learn the say, to, to get it right, you know what I mean? At first, you think you can write a fucking brilliant piece, and you look back at it now, it's mostly like, if, you know, it's shy to be honest, but uh, you know, it takes years of apprentice you know, to, to get it right. So, so it took a long time to, to finally get out there. But in 2006, you know, break up the Maisie Tunnels happened on the Royal Court. I've never looked back since 2006. And like me and Nicky all came together around 2001. Me, me and Nicky knew each other from Kirby, like through the match and all that. Yeah. We came together around 2001. He was doing his boys from the Maisie book. So I sort of pushed him and I'd, I'd written, I was writing plays, he was writing the book and all that. So it was all, it all, it was all meant to be like, uh, it was a long time getting there though, because like, I started writing proper in 1999. And it was seven years of rejection, 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 and I just wouldn't give in. So, but it was always in me though, from a kid, you know, writing them poems and stuff. As I say, I've got an uncle, a war poet and all that. So, yeah, but it was a weird one because like, cause I came into it late, you see. Yeah. So I lived a lot of life before I started writing full time. Most of that life, obviously a massive part of it was Liverpool Football Club. So when I started writing poems and I started doing footy stuff and poems um, about the club, I was scared to do something very serious because of that, you know, all that going on from, in my head from when I was a kid and that. Yeah. But Hillsborough uh, changed that. I started, I'd done a few Hillsborough pieces and that was acceptable then. So I sort of like came out the closet, if you like, as a poet. And uh, But we, we all started off. I remember Jimmy McGovern. Jimmy McGovern, he's been like a mentor to me as well over the years. And Jimmy said to me, he said to me, so we all start off as poets. He used, to, he used to write political poetry and shouted at the politicians and all that to him in government. So he said, you all start up as poets and then you go on from there. And that's what happened to me, to be honest. Brilliant, though. It's because so many people are involved in your journey as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, and Andy Schofield, everyone thinks I just you know what to do because of the acting and that, because of writing plays and that. But as I say, I, I know him from back in St. Kevs, he got his first break on the telly. I mean, in St. Kevs, he's still funny as well, Drew, like even as a kid, you know what I mean? Remember, we, we used to get the strap in St. Kevin's. It was like a big leather strap, no, if you'd done anything wrong and all that, corporal punishment. And um, if you didn't bring your PE kit, that was one, you used to get two of the strap. And remember, we were all lined up against the gymnast, uh, and uh, if you didn't bring your kit, this, and this uh, angry jock, he was, like a Scottish fellow, he was, he was the PE teacher, he was like, no, get us against that wall, he was like bootless. So you had to hold your hands up and get two of the straps. So he's going along the line, fuck off, fuck. He didn't half hurt as well, but, but when he got to Andrew Schofield, Scully, he was only about 12 as well, too, and he, go, he goes like that. And he had a little tiny hand off an action man. <laughs> like that. And he put it out like that. And the jock went like that. And he said, and I think it's the only time I've ever seen the Scots fella laughing, you know what I mean? He <laughs> see him giggling. But he, as I say, Drew was funny again as a kid. But uh, but me and me and him sort of like 
you know, we, we sort of gelled together, you know, because I, I was like in the poems, he was like funny, he was into the acting. So it was it was nice that we came together in a professional way, you know, once we started doing the uh, the shows and stuff. So it's a, it's a nice journey for the pair of us. Reds versus Blues, it's one of my favourite films I've seen. And that's that's not just blowing smoke up your ass. That is just on a basis of we all know what it's like to be a red or a blue in this city and how much it means to us. <laughs> the cast's brilliant. It's got some famous reds in there too. How how did that idea hole come up? Well, you know the um, have you seen Fifteen Minutes to Shook the World? Yeah, yeah. Well, I wrote and produced that as well. So, like in that, um, it was funny because when we done Fifteen Minutes, obviously we had Gerard and Stevie in it, and uh, it's Gerard and Carrot in it, and Teddy Man and I. So that was great. But there was a part in it where um, the Andy Schofield he's playing this like. Uh, investigative reporter and he goes into this boozer called the Bitter and Swisted Arms <laughs> and he's interviewing this little blue family and the kid he's only about to speak the kid and every time he says red shite you give him a sweep and pat him on the head you know what I mean but <laughs> so only bitter blue blue mates do buzzing off that bit you know what I mean so uh, the film was done really well you know, it was on DVDs and all that back then so that was done really well so when it finished I thought I thought to myself everyone loves that blue family I thought, what if it took them home and they just happened to be living next to us to a mad dead family? You know what I mean? So, and then that's how the idea came about. So it just happened organically. It was like a follow-on from uh, the 15 minutes to shut the world. But I mean, it was probably the, the, the only time in recent history that they've had a sort of chance to have a pop at us because we had Exxon's Gillette going on then. Yeah. So like, Everton were laughing at us at the time because we, we were the third from bottom and they were fourth from bottom. Do you know what I mean? So the servers were right down there. So it was the only time in Eastern City that they've had a chance to have a go at us. But, uh, but that's how it came about. And beyond this room here that I'm in now, yeah. the red house is my house, my real house, and, and my next door neighbours, the blue house, we used my house and my next door. Brilliant. But we were filming for 10 days here, like floodlights and everything all over the place. It was, it was a great time. Like, but, um, but in here, we used this as the dressing room. And when Howard Kendall came, not to do his blue bishop, he plays the blue bishop. And when he, he was getting his costume changed in here. And um, he goes to me, oh, it's only about half now in the morning. He goes, oh, I'm getting a bit thirsty today. So I knew what he wanted, like, you know what I mean? So, uh, so I go over to him, do you, want, do, you want an, uh, do you want a cup of tea? And he goes, oh, I don't think see this here. I said, I said, I've got a bit of rosy there. And I said, oh, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, by the time he's on his, uh, his, his, his scene where he's playing the, like, the exorcist thing, yeah. he's had about a bottle and a half of uh, Matthias Rose. So... So when, when you see him doing that, you can tell he's like, that he's really going for it, you know, and the But he got changed in here. But then St. John came. He and St. John came in the afternoon to do his part upstairs in here. And because they knew each other from the 60s then, so they, we had, they had a great time. We just wrapped for the day because half the crew were blues and half of us were red. So we just wrapped for the day. I got, got the cans out and all that. We had a big piss up in the conservatory in here. Awesome. Anyway, it was that, we were still there at midnight. So like, uh, I, I took St. John's, got him a taxi on, I took St. John's car home the next day, he lived on a will, and we got uh, we got Kendall took home to uh, Formby, but it was funny because this bit of mate, this bit of mate of mine lives in Formby, so I built him a bad midnight, I was bladdered like, and he goes, yeah, lads, uh, listen, uh, do your favour, uh, mate of mine, uh, he needs a lift home to Formby, and he's going, whoa, you've just got me out of bed, you prick, tell him to get a taxi and all that, so I was winding him up, and uh, I was going, God, come on, he, he, he said, he, he said he, you might know him, and he goes, well, What's, he, said, he said, what's his name? And he goes, Howard um, Kendall. And he went, ah. So he, he went fucking tear ass to our house. He's made up to you, Howard Kendall. But as you say, it was just a good time, a good laugh. And I was trying to bring that, 
was selling Zylus a bit. This is like back in 2010, so you're talking 12 years ago now. I was selling Zylus a little, little bit, but like it's gone a bit toxic. It's gone even more toxic since then, you know what I mean? Sadly, like, but I remember back in the days, in the 70s, it wasn't like that, you know what I mean? It wasn't. We used to get out of that after street end and all that. Then they used to have a little section of the cop and the zabbies and that. There's no real grief there, no proper grief like the way it is now, but you couldn't do it now. I mean, the Reds and Blues was of its time, I think. I couldn't do that now because, you know, the balance is massive. And plus, it's, it's a bit toxic. Why do you now, think it's gone like that? I think it's probably like a reflection of society, but they're, they're obsessed with um, Everton. You know, they, they all go back to this, um, you know, they stopped them winning the European Cup and all started there. But it's weird though, you know, because you, you hear that um, that murderous thing that, they, mm. that some of them, not all of them shout that, but a lot of them do. I never heard that till about 1991. Like, Heisel was 85, right? Yeah. It was about six years later. I said, what the fuck's this murdering thing? I, I couldn't, I've never heard it before. It was a good thing. Murderous. See, talking about it. After Isla, we went down to Wembley all together, 86, for the time, the big, massive FA Cup final. And we all went down together in 89, after Hillsborough and all that. And nothing had been set up to them. It was like six years later, I'm thinking, hang on. No, I'm not. I know what it is. It goes back to the derby, I think. Because we, they were two games away from doing the double. Yeah. I mean, and we took it off them. And that's, and I, think that, I think it's that. Because, I, I mean, I, I, I've got a bit of blood in law. I only have to mention that, that 86, the double. And it's like showing a cross to a vampire. He, he, he loses it, you know what I mean? So I think it all goes back to that. And he just blame us for the... It's, uh, yeah, they blame us for everything, don't they? So, I won't go into it too much, but how how is that still getting sung now? Especially when you've got the likes of... You've you've seen it last week with Chelsea. The, you know, I, I think maybe three or four people sung it in Anfield to them, but we won't repeat, but they're singing that constantly throughout the game, but doesn't get the recognition. I know it's it's disgusting. Isn't it? I mean, I I mean I I I wrote a piece once called Scousophobia, and and there is such a thing like definitely, especially in this in this country, and I think it's that. I mean, no one if that was any other race or like even like the, the traveling community or anyone, it's it's fucking frowned upon and it's jumped upon mm. because it's scousers. It seems to be like a fucking free for all, and so is my head. And you know what I mean? It really does. But that that chance the murderers and you know always the victims. I mean, for God's sake, I mean. We all know people, I mean, obviously I know lads who passed away and know didn't make it back from Hillsborough and all that. We've all got mates and that. And like their families, it fucking hurts them. It's it's yeah. all it's wrong. And it just makes me sick. Like, especially like the chant, I mean, the Chelsea chant that, we, that gets all the sort of, you know, the publicity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's called me old fashioned, but I didn't, I didn't deem that as homophobic, to be honest. Because I, I used to sing it, we all did, you know what I mean, Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, Hillsborough should be treated in the same in the same way. Even our club, our Liverpool football club, should call it up big time. They should be louder about it, you know what I mean? If, you know, it's all right saying, like George yeah, Sefton was on the thing, man, he last week saying about the Chelsea, you know, the chance yeah. of that. So, like, they should shout it out big time about, you know, about what's getting sung to us. Because, I mean, if anything, that just makes you want to retaliate anyway. That's, you know I mean? it. That's it. I don't know how long we're meant to sit there patiently and not do anything at all while these are fucking singing this week in, week out. Exactly. That's my sentiment as well. But it frustrates me and it makes me mad. But I think the club could step up as well and make, make more of it. I really do. So back into your players. Brick up the Mersey Tunnels. Brick up two. Lost Soul, to name a few. That Brick up the Mersey Tunnel, like you said, it was like, that was the one where... Yeah. I think I, I know pretty much everyone's mum and dad, everyone's uncle and auntie have all seen it. How long did that take to come up with? Well, funny enough, me and Nicky, we used to go to the... Um, 
John Moore's uni just on a Monday night. It was just like these workshops, you know, writers' workshops and all that. But you quickly realise, fucking waste of time, you know what I mean? It's all about your stories and what you, you know. But there were no, no lovely people in that that we met and stuff, but it wasn't for us. So we used to go to Casa Bano, the Casa on Hope Street. Yeah. yeah. The ex was set up, you know what I mean? So we used to go there every Monday night. And this this Monday, we'd never forget it. This big, big John used to do the quiz, big John. said funny, he was this Al Docker. And uh, anyway, but he's reading the, uh, the, the the letters page in the Echo, and he goes, "Sing this cheeky cow." And he read this letter out, and some woman from the world was uh, moaning about because we just won the Capital Culture thing, mm. and this woman from the world was saying uh, about this girl who works in the lava buildings in the cafe, and she and she, she talks really rough and all that, and she said it doesn't portray the Capital of Culture in the correct light. This is what this woman from the world was saying, and then she went on to say. Uh, Having worked in the lab buildings for the last 15 years, so anyway, we go, oh, dear, hang on. So you're coming over here and you're slagging our accent. So we so we, we, we were just uh, making up this surreal situation. Of, like, the, imagine having cannons on the on the docks and fucking you know, firing up the ferries. We're making all these surreal situations up. And out of this uh, this sort of fancy little uh, tarot came uh, the shelter with Big Johnny. goes, yeah, do you know what? If I had my way, I'd break them fucking tunnels up. And it all came from that. So we went, so oh, that'd be good, yeah. So anyway, he gave us a room upstairs in the castle and we used to go there every Monday, me and Nicky. We went there for about, I don't know, four or five months soon. We'd we done an act one. And then Nicky was doing his book, and I was doing other things. But we used to just get together for that little uh, Monday afternoon and do the pick up the Mercy Tones thing, creating the characters and all that. And it, it changed and evolved over the, over the next few years. But it got, a, it got a reading in the comedy festival. And like, because the every man in playoffs, we, we threw it at them at first. But at the time, the Royal Court wasn't going. That wasn't, that wasn't, that hadn't happened. So the only theatres in the city was the Everyman and Playhouse. So we approached them and he didn't want to know it. They're up their own ass, middle class fucking gobshites, honestly. That Everyman, it's it's not Everyman, it's every fucking thespian or every fucking middle class man. It's not for us. It used to be all right. It used to be great years ago. The particular directors, artistic directors who had it at the time. So uh, anyway... Lucky enough, the, the, the Royal Course happened, and this Kevin Fearing, he used to have raw ride comedy. So I, I just shot into his office one day and just hit the, turned the script on his desk. And I said, You don't know me, I said, but you will do in about half an hour. He said, My number's on there. He said, By the way, Andrew Schofield's put his name to that. So anyway, I walked out, I hadn't got time at all. He was phoning me up and I had met him for a coffee. Nicky was over in Florida. So I phoned Nicky up and said, Listen, I think it's happening. So, and it all happened in 2006, but there hadn't been anything for us. For like the the uh, the being a blender on Carol stuff, Mrs. Brown on the little court and stuff like that, which is funny. The original ones, I mean, it's gone, it's just fucking beat, beat, beat it to death now, you know what I mean? But like in the early days, it was all right, it was funny, it used to pack the little court out. But so there hadn't been anything like that at all because the crusty every man of playoffs was up its own ass and it had all this. They just think you should sit there rubbing your fucking chin all night, being intellectually challenged, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it, there was been nothing for like the, the masses of the city, uh, for ages. So but it had just happened at the right time. And because it was like, and because we felt that, like, you know, that that scout shot of like pride. So don't be coming in, you know what I mean? Taking the piss out of us. It was like a, it was like a rise up, you know, like a, like, like a, I don't know, like a, there was a film years ago, Passport to Pimlico, like a Republican. It was like the Scouse Republic, you know what I mean? If you're coming into our city, the inspectors don't be taking the piss out of us. So that scout scout's pride, it had all that. Because although it's a comedy and it's just a slapstick and stuff, behind it was hanging on to each cheeky bastards. Yeah. And coming here, so he, and you could feel that through the, uh, you know, obviously through, through the through the script itself. But it's been it's been it's been on like six times. 
since 2006 altogether. That's six runs and over 200, 300,000 nearly seen that. Just that one play, yeah. So, so it, it just connected and it was all about time. And we were just lucky that at the time it was badly needed. Everything just, and we just won the capital culture. The everyone in the playoffs were up their own ass. Everything was right for us, you know what I mean? So, um, and we've never looked back since then. I mean, I've had seven or eight, it shows now, it's seven. Uh, it shows, and they always come back as well. Like Lost Soul has been on three times. Lost Soul mm-hmm. 2 has been on. I think that's coming back on uh, maybe later this year or early next year. Brick Up 2 has been on twice. Um, Council Depot Blues has been on three times. And Barry White Christmas, which I've done down at the Echo Arena, which uh, went down a storm. So, you know, I've never looked back. And then, you know, everything that's happened since then, I've, I've written for the TV. I had an episode of uh, Jimmy McGovern's Moving On um, on BBC last year. So, you know, so it's all snowballed. It's, but I mean, it always goes back to the... You know, those early days in St. Kevin's and getting getting them slaps up my brother and all that. But man, he's like that now. I'm sorry about that now. Is that yeah, of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. But uh, but as I said, but the Liverpool FC thing, because it was a massive part of me. You know, I used to do the poems and I used to have these Istanbul nights at the ground. And, and like, it started off doing one, one a month and it ended up like doing three a week. And I got some, I got, I said, it was funny that because like, I didn't used to like read it. I used to perform it and remember it. So I'd get up and like uh, the, the MC, whoever it was, each each day, blah blah, and he said, "Oh, there's a poet coming on." Fuck! And should have heard like, you know, oh, like a room for the lads, like you know what I mean? Uh, like all oh, fucking match going lads and all that. And you could almost hear the gasp in the room. Poet, a fucking poet. The first thing I used to say is to say, "Listen, lads, listen, this isn't like fucking lonely as a cloud and all that." Like you know what I mean? This is uh, this is about using it. So I get going and within, you know, within a couple of minutes, I had them, you know what I mean? It was just talking about their lives and like in a, in a passionate way and uh, the way I felt it. But I got to know a lot of players then because I was always on the top table and there was always like two well, two players there with us. So I got to know all the players then, you know, and that was that was a, that was a great thing because, I mean, being on the building site, you know, like, I'm, I'm your dad's generation and going through all what I went through, you know, shitty job. And then at the end of the week, you know, your idols... And I'm meeting my idols and all that, and it's uh, that was that was a great side, and the, the football side of it for me has been massive. You know what I mean? And with as you say, with the films, I mean, this little book I've done now, that's just I was just I just um, I was in funny enough, I was in the uh, Boozer and Kirby when, when I had the idea uh, because what happened to it was when Alison scored that header, no big West Brom, we were all lock, having a lock in on with Boozer because it was like it's during COVID, like it's not better. <laughs> But it was rammed anyway, so like we were all in there and we were all partying after it. And with these two young lads, Naomi, um, Jay and uh, Lewis, his mate, he started singing, I'm not Betty, me, said to Bill Shankly, you know that's the song. So I, I, anyway, I started telling that. I said, that's an old song, right? I said, we used to, I said, that's about 50 odd years old. And he went, what? He couldn't believe it. He said, no, we used to sing that back in the day, early 70s. He said, it was a proper old boot boy song. And he said, I said, you know, Bertie Me was, and one of them said, was he Shankly's mate? He thought he was fucking, didn't know Bertie Me was, you know what I mean? So I was just telling him about the origins of the song and how it used to, we used to sing it. But at the end of it, we used to, you know, like, uh, it used to be the Liverpool aggro, it changed to the Annie Rose aggro after yeah. a while. But it started off with, yeah, the Liverpool aggro. We used to get behind the, uh, the white fans in Annie Rose and do the boot walks down into them. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's I mean, younger fans have known that as the Torres bounce. Yeah. You know, used to bounce into the away fans and, and all that and rub the scarves and all that. That's the way it was. It's mad when you think about it. But, I mean, we used to get it badly as, as, uh, at the away games as well, but it was just totally tribal and territorial back then. But 
Because I met them lads that day and I was talking, telling them all the stories and that. They were like amazed and going away and asking me all sorts about it. So I thought it'd be nice to, uh, to do something about that damn time, just to capture as a social document what it was like going to match then. You know, like for like the younger lads, like for the dads or the granddads, to see what it was like for us. I, did, I just got to thinking about it. But I wanted a story with a big in the middle end. I didn't want to just pick random games and, uh, and, be, and I thought 74 Cup run. Because I went to every round the 74 Cup run right up to the final. And that's got to begin in the middle end. And like last year against Chelsea, when I took, uh, I just took my old scarf, this scarf, there it is, from 74. It's me Scouse Power on it, see. And the two fists at either end, the cop rule okay on it. But like, I took that with me. Because I was remembering, you know, mates and stuff from back then. And and I was reminiscing. So like, I took that to Wembley. And then when I got back, I started like jotting down ideas. And just just the journey of like what we went through that. Because it has everything that, that cup run. Loads of humour in it. Yeah. Loads of and characters and stuff. But but also, you know, a bit of the Skinner boot boy stuff. And I've jumped out to the main story now and again, just saying what it was like at certain grounds and stuff. But um, but the, the main journey is me and my mates going to Wembley and that, and the humour and everything that went with it, the club we were, and we all were uh, Flemings and Airway back then, you know what I mean? Airway was the, was the name for Dr. Martins, they call them TMs and all that shit now, but it was Airway for us. Like, But that was our, that was our culture, that was our... Whenever you went and... I've said in a book, you know, and it, was, it took me back. It was nice, nice going back there, to be honest. It was nice going back there because it was like, it was making me feel like, you know, uh, proud, proud as well. Because remember them times when, when you used to get off a train on the 700 of you. I remember going to like, like Leeds, you know, you get up and you get out at Leeds Station, the 700 of them, you're all singing. I used to go out, there's a big tunnel outside Leeds Station. And as you're singing under that tag, when you're all singing the name of our city, it was all Scousers then, to be honest. I'd say 99.9% of the, 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 the away crew and the own crew was Scousers, you know what I mean? So it was all it was very, very, you know, Liverpool was Liverpool. So we sing the name of our city, Scousers and all that. It was, yeah, I mean, it was tribal, but it was it was great as well at times. But then, obviously, you'd have to face what was coming at you. Of course you would. So uh, that was a big part of it as well, you know what I mean? And, you know, that's unashamedly, you know, you got involved. You, you had to, I mean, what you do, just stand there. And do nothing, or to get filled in, or just have a go. So we all we all had to have a go. I mean, most of us just sent the boots in and you know doing all that stuff. But the lads at the front, they were older than us. You know what I mean? Especially in in this particular day, year I'm talking about the lads at the front. You know, five, four, five, six years older, the leaders. So you'd look up to them. You know what I mean? Because they were at the front. You know, they didn't bang and so they they like leaders. You know what I mean? But we were all behind them. But it was it's I mean it's everyone's enjoying the book. You know what I mean? It's it's a nice little story. But, it's, but it was also, also like all the books nowadays. Also, a shame is like you know, stats and things about the players and all that. And nothing really happens, you know. Even like the lads that go away, and I'm, you can include myself, you go away now. And it's a good laugh and all that. And you have a piss up and all that. But fuck all happens apart from a big jolly. Do you know what I mean? But back in them days, you know, it was, it was edgy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever you went to, you know, you're on your toes all the time. It wasn't like the way it is now. You know what I mean? So. It was like capturing, I just wanted to capture that times for any of the young lads who want to, who want to like, basically be educated about going to watch Liverpool back in the 70s. This book, those were the days, my friend, and it's on Amazon. Is it available anywhere else? Mick's got it. No, Mick's got it uh, at Scarf or a badge. Mick's got uh, copies of it. And so is Tom and, uh, in the precinct, you know, with 12-man football. Yeah. But it's interesting because this uh, this picture on the front, that was taken in 1972 outside the Alberts. And, like, the lads, you know, they've got the airway, the boots on and all that. Like, I remember this, this lad said to me the other week, 
this why is why is a Leeds fan standing because this lad's here, he's got a lead scarf on his left hand off his wrist, but that's what it was. Then he used to fill the way fans in and get the scarf, and it was like a, <laughs> it was like a, it was like taking a scalp, you know, an Indian, it's like a yeah. badge of honor thing, you know what I mean? So he's he's praying that, but anyway, I met him the other week, his name's Maher, right? Still go with the game, Maz Red, he's 17, well, he's nearly 17 now, little no, he's baldy and everything now, but I met him in sound the other week because someone put me on soon, and I saw him a sign copy of the book and all that. So Mac is uh, he's been found. This lad's here. His name's Kelly. Now I'm gonna meet him in a few weeks. Sammy's still going, Mad Red, late sixties, still got a season ticket older and all that. Brilliant. But it's just it just captures everything back. It's outside the Albers. Coppers on horses and everything, you know, everything about that picture. I just love the picture. So if anyone hasn't bought it, get yourself to Amazon, get yourself to the precinct and get yourself to Hatscarf or Badge. It's a cracker, as you've heard, the stories are great. And um, I'm sure there'll be a lot more that he hasn't been able to say on this. So you've mentioned some absolute massive reds in the book as well, and obviously ones that are on the front of it. Loads from Kirby, like we've spoke about before. And you can tell it means a lot to the lads as well, because I've seen like people retweeting, I've seen people commenting on it. Uh, it's good that you've brought them into it, because obviously they'll remember all that, and they'll go and get that book just to see them stories and relive that again, won't they? Because you mentioned before about the... The games now, it's different. And I heard stories from back in the day, and it's all just, it's calm, isn't it, now? Yeah, I know. It is, yeah. I mean, and all the lads, because I mentioned all them lads in the, as hitchhikers, because we all used to hitchhike to the game, and which is, that's a dying art now. It's, it's, it's yeah. not the last. No one hitchhikes no more, but we all we all had to hitchhike then. But like them lads, I mean, I've got loads of tests. Hey, oh, nice one for throwing us my name in and all. And there's, there's lads that have missed out and are going, bastard. I mean, I could have filled about five or six pages with two lads. Names that I knew, but I just remember like the, the ones that used to come in and all that with us. So that was nice to get that. But like, yeah, it's because Kirby, I've said about Kirby, Kirby was nuts at the time as well. You know, it was like, yeah, even when you went to match, you know, it was like, like gang, some say there was no way fans out. Mm. I remember being in the cop one night and um, it was like, it was about 30 of us and all that. And there was like a load of Brecht Road in the middle of the cop singing Kirby town, wank, 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 Kirby. Yeah, you know, so it was like when there was no way fans down, it got, it got sad amongst yourselves. Oh, yeah, Kirby was ruthless then. Yeah. You know, the gang fighting, you know, I've said you know, in the booth that they had mounted police in Kirby for a month in uh, June 74 to stop the gang fighting. Wow. You know, it's crazy, and you know, then running down Beauty Drive, coppers on horses, mad, isn't it? <laughs> Kirby was mud. I mean, Kirby was like gangs everywhere and used to fight each other. But like I say, it was just it, gangs were. Part of the part of growing up for me was gangs. I mean, it's it's more vicious now. The more evil the gangs, I'm like all these fucking ships and all that. And I was going to say that it's all shit. Yeah. house moves now, and it? it's not fist yeah, fights. That's what I mean. But back in the day, you know, even I mean, the worst kick I ever got was at Middlesbrough in seventy five. I got fucking booted to the bad kick in there under the bridge by the station. Mm. Like loads of lads come down from the station scouts and battled and dragged me up the stairs and that. But uh, I got enough of, I was like the elephant man calling off the train, like, oh, I was honest to God, I couldn't move. That was a bad, that was a bad place in Middlesbrough when they first come up. No, no one knew then, I did, there was no internet. Once yeah. I was born, yeah. I was like, nowadays, everyone knows everything about it. But when they came up, 74, 75 season, and we, it was the last game of the season away at Erson Park. So it was two specials, man. I mean, you know, going up to the ground, no problem. It was like, you know, it was like 1,500 of us all together. And the next thing, <laughs> right the way through the game, they're coming over the side fences at us. So we're battling with them, you know, and punching them back over the fence. And then they come across the pitch at us. 
So it was like fighting right the way through the game. So after the game, it was mad. And like, you, know, you had to go like through the shopping centre. It was like going through Church Street all the way back to the station. Mm. You didn't know what the fuck was you in the end. You know, it was just all mingled. And, yeah. It was all, and, and then MZ, it was like, what, what time is it? If you didn't speak, you know, well, up there, it was like uh, Seaside. If you didn't speak like there, same as here. If you didn't speak Scouse, you know, what time is it, mate? If you didn't speak Scouse, I mean, it was, that's how, that's how sort of like incident style it was, I mean, and a local it was then in them days. But yeah, them days, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's only, I, I know a lot of lads who, who were involved in, in the, the heavy stuff as well, you know what I mean? When I say heavy stuff, no, the, the leaders now. Yeah. I've said like that, it's never been done, that book, you know, the, it's sort of like Scally book from the early 70s, I mean. I mean, this sort of touches on it a little bit, but I've said at the beginning, it's not a full-on book, boy book, it's just a journey to 74. But the lads who, um, who were involved in all that, you know what I mean, at the front, the ones I used to look up to, I know a few of them now. And I know a few of them have passed away, but I know some of the main players, like, and uh, I've said, if you ever want to do a book about them times, you know what I mean, well, uh, as your man, I'll, I'll, I'll just tape it all and, you know, I'll get it, let's get it on. Let's get the proper stories, the, the, the really juicy stuff, you know what I mean? That's um, going to happen now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mentioned it to you, go, oh, fuck, yeah, you've got to, you've got to do that. Because, I mean, there's one lad in there, you know, he's mentioned in the um, Chelsea books and West Ham books and all that, and he's still beverage in the Thomas Frost on, um, on, mm. on Lane there, you know what I mean? He's, he's like, God, he must be 17 now. But, like, he, he, his memory's not great, you know what I mean? But he's all the lads around me. I'm sure it'll come to life once it once starts igniting the fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, you wouldn't think just an hour for the sitting there, grey in, in the summer's first. And, you know, the stories he's got, mate, everywhere we, everywhere we went, and you had to be on your toes. It was, it was an interesting time, like, but it's strange because I've seen all that and I've seen the way, you know, the rise of this global sensation that we are now. Mm. But I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. This is before all that. This is what we went through, you know, before, to, to, like the, all the footings that we you know, were doing back then. And the, the younger lads are reaping the benefits of it now, you know what I mean? It's all, everything's comfy and safe and all that. But, but what we went through was a totally different match experience to what the lads go through today. And that's all I was trying to just express in that. Moving on to Liverpool now, we'll, we won't talk too much about it because you know what it's been like. Where do you think it's gone wrong right now? I was lucky enough to see the, all the great stuff in the past. When we won the yeah, scene 77, we nearly won the treble, won in Rome. We won the league. I mean, we should have won the FA Cup as well. But that summer, we goes out and you know, to Keegan left. We got Dalglish and we got Anson. Then in, in the January, we got Sunas. We were fucking building on strength. The next, the next six years, um, we won five titles, won the European Cup three times. Well, you build on that success. I mean, just in them years, I mean, I had a list of. I was going to a list of the players that we bought in that time. I was going through, you know, like uh, from '77, you had Dalglish, Anson, Sunas, Alan Kennedy, Whelan. It just goes on, Phil Neal, Lawrenson, um, John Waugh, Jan Mulby, you know, this is all this is added to them years. Don't just fucking sit still and expect it to carry on. You know what I mean? And, and that's where it's gone wrong with these owners. The owners aren't fucking putting the money in the pocket, hands in the pocket, and it's all going fucking pear-shaped because they're not backing Klopp. I mean, people say, oh, they've won us, they, they haven't won us football. Klopp's won us that. They, were just, they just did the jackpot when they got Klopp, as far as I'm concerned. And like it's him who just performed miracles with that squad on that budget, but like now he can't, you know, like just help him out for God's sake, give him some fucking job, let let us compete again. You know what I mean? It's especially after last week and the revelation that the uh, the third richest club in the world. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I just like that. And what's I mean, just taking the piss to be honest? That's, that's as far as I'm concerned. 
after 20, 2019, and yeah, we won the European Cup, it was brilliant, and we won the league. But you could see at the when just before COVID and all that, uh, finished the league up for a couple of months. Even then, we were starting to stutter a bit. I remember getting going down to Wofford, we got beat 3 0, we got beat yeah. by Atletico, and we were starting to falter a little bit. And then, you know, it's it going a little bit long then. That's when you should have been investing, especially in the midfield area, for God's sake. I mean, that's the engine room, isn't it? And even when they got rid of an album, he didn't replace him. I thought, no, when he got rid of him, I thought, he must be going to get someone. No one. So I think, as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, it's on the, it's on the owners, this. And, and it frustrates me because, you know, for the place they got the club for, and, if, and you get the, the, the uh, lads saying, I mean, I've had arguments, in, not, not arguments, I've had discussions in England, I was with my own mates and that. And uh, they're saying about the, you know, the stadium or the new stand and the Annie Rose. I said, listen, hang on. If I'm selling this fucking house now and I put an extension on the back, it's an investment from when I sell it. Yeah. So it's just basically you're investing in bricks and mortar. So that's what they're doing. It's just building up the club, the profile of the club. And then when they sell it, they get more. Now, they got it for 330 million, the club. It's like values one, three, three 3.5 billion. So, you know, I'm like, that. hang on, so they're going to walk away from my football club with three fucking billion quid. And when I was investing, so my argument is this, before you fuck off into the sunset with all that money, we want something back. We want to fucking now. Basically, I get annoyed with them because I know if they'd have had the ambition and, and released the funds to stop, we'd have still been, we'd have kept up at that level. Look at Man City. Man City got rid of Jesus, Sterling, what's the name, the left back. But Cancelo now, they're getting rid of him. And, and Fernandinho, you know, they, they, they've gone last season. And look at them, but they invest, invest. I know they've got serious the owners, but so Benway, if they use someone that fucking upset someone that profit, they're going to walk away with. Mm. You know, that's what frustrates me. And, and I think it, it all goes down to the owners. I feel sorry for Klopp, you can feel it. You know, when you see him, you can see him in his face, but he can't come out and criticise him like Rafa did. No. You know what I mean? I don't know. But there'll come a point where it's got, it's got, it's got to come to an end. You can't carry on on a shoes thing. I feel you know sorry. It's painful, isn't it? Because you, he's like, for me, he's generational. For me, I never, I went lucky enough to see Shanks and Paisley. But I'm watching him now, and I'm watching him. Let's say suffer with what's going on around him. There's everybody around us is building and building and building and improving, and we're just standing still. We done it after the Champions League, signing Adrian, Harvey Elliott, Seth Van der Berg. Chelsea are spending 105 million today on a World Cup winner. I know exactly. It's mental. Oh, it, it is. It's and it's so frustrating. That midfield, you go right through them. I mean, Thiago, yeah, he's all right, but I mean, he's, he's got no pace. There's no pace in that middle. Like no. that, God's and every team now, Fulham, Brentford, Brighton, they're all fucking lightning, and they're running through our midfield, and like there's no pace in the middle. Thiago, like, yeah, he's just good stuff and all that. And let's say he's a great footballer, but he's got no pace and he's very technical. But like you know, if you're gonna have him, you need to to like you know young lads with him. Yeah. Like you know, data. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got no child in it. Honestly, God, okay, fifty-three million every time I think of that price tag, I start putting the wall and all that. Slow, non-creative, doesn't score. You know, you go through them all, and Jones. I think Jones is going to end up where Woodburn is. To be honest, no somewhere like that. Yeah. It, it, it's just they're just not at that, that, that level, and it's, it's a shame, isn't it? But like. Don't get me wrong, Diaz is a massive miss, isn't he? Diaz. Oh, yeah, massive, yeah. But, like, you still need someone to, to create. When I told my head in the other week, I was listening to that uh, fucking Solskjaer, he's over wherever he is now, and he was saying about the Aston Martin when he used to play Liverpool. Yeah. And he, he said, we used to just concentrate on one thing when we played Liverpool. So we used to stop uh, 
Robertson and, and Alexander Arnold from getting forward because apart from them, no, they had no assists. Basically, he was fucking right. So they were supplying our fucking forwards. The midfield didn't do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we got no creativity or goal scorers from that middle. You know what I mean? That's and that's a, that's a big problem as well. So it's it's been an issue for a few years though. Even even the winning like the league, the Champions League, and that the midfield weren't big in numbers, was it? And now no. it's more obvious because we have been found out on the left and right hand side. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, as I said, I just feel sorry for Klopp. You know, he's, he's on a shoestring, his hands at hands at side. I mean, I mean, a lot's been said about this Linders, Pat Linders. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I mean, when, when <laughs> I think it's just our city. You know, like, we don't like fucking anyone fucking egos or big headed. Yeah. And when he brought that book out, and he's like all about him. I thought, what the fuck's this fella? <laughs> and, then, and then he was still me. I didn't to be honest. Like, so I don't know if he's here. And I have too much to say. I mean, you can only hear the rumours, but. There is some beauty on that on the internet, though. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm only on Twitter. I don't go on nothing else, but I'm only on that. And that was only because some beauty was here impersonating me years ago. They would impersonate me. They put a picture of me on on the on the thing and coming up with all shite, and I'm, I was getting the blame. What the fuck's this? So I had to go on Twitter <laughs> and get them booted off this beauty. I mean, at least I go on my own name. You know, you, mm. you probably see yourself or like you know, you're not not afraid to. But at the end of the day, you know, these faceless little shit houses, and I haven't got a clue. And I think some of them plants to you, you know, like Evertonians coming out, to, you know, planting themselves as reds and all that. Yeah. You know, just like get staring, basically. I think it's got to be honest, because when they read some of it, I mean, I don't know one fella, not one fucking red, who said, let's get rid of the clock. No oh. way. If you heard that nail, you know, she'd swill the fella and boot him out the arse and throw him out the pub, wouldn't you? Yeah, he wouldn't even get to the end of the sentence. Yeah, exactly. So I haven't heard that once, and that's why the thing. You know, it's, it's totally. It's not reality that the uh, this internet thing, because you know the Lord's saying, I'm just you this this dickhead. I mean, you know, I could get into arguments with them. Yeah. But as my missus said, she said, imagine fucking Alan Blaisdell saying, yeah, let's have a straightener at the back of the fucking sandal as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't sort of go. I don't get drawn in no more if so, I can help. Before we move on to a quick fire round to finish, Jurgen mm-hmm. Klopp. Obviously, we've covered a little bit about him, but. In terms of managers you've seen over the years, where does he rank? He's right up there. I mean, I'd say obviously Kenny the first time was brilliant. Shankly, Paisley, Kenny, and Klopp for me. I mean, Rafa for that first year. <laughs> he, was, he was great for a couple of years, Rafa, when he then he just went a bit nutty. But I think because of, of the, you know, the way modern football has gone and, and the, the way he's, the, the, what he got out of them players for them years, I think he's right up there. I, I, used to, I call him the chairman Shankly. And all sort of added there, that added. Bonus where he's like, you know, he's a socialist as well. Yeah, so he gets everything about him. He's like, you know, he's made for a football club, wasn't he? So, as I say, I'm just, I just wish they'd fucking back him. Or if they just fuck off and let someone come in, who back him, let's create a dynasty. Because he could have created the dynasty if they'd have backed him up. I've seen dynasties, we were lucky. And you don't do it by just sitting still, so. We are now going to do a quick fire round with our guests. This could be very controversial. Okay, so I'll finish with a quick fire round and then I'll let you shoot. Don't have to think too much about it. It's a couple of questions. Anfield then or Anfield now? Yeah, then. <laughs> writing a book or writing a play? Play. Who's that? Bob Scoey or his half fella? Fucking. <laughs> I think I'll have to say his half because Bob's off his fucking head. <laughs> and the last one, you've got to play one, you've got to bench one, and you've got to sell one. Penny, Keegan, Fowler. Sell one, bench one, play one. 
Thanks very much for today, mate. Let's call it a pod there. I'll let you get back to your night. Thanks yeah. for coming on, sharing your stories and everyone. Make sure you get out there and you get by in the book. Those were the days, my friend. Amazon, at Scarf or Badge on the 12th man in the precinct. Brilliant. Spot on, Dave. I'll speak to you soon, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod. 